Your On The Mark podcast is loading now. The On The Mark podcast is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company, family-owned dealership since 1915, 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia on Routes 11 and 15 Hummel's Wharf. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On The Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Now, here are your hosts for On The Mark, Mark Lawrence and Joe McGranahan. Greetings. Welcome on board. WKOK's live telephone talk show, On The Mark. I'm Mark Lawrence. Mr. Joe McGranahan is directly across from me. He's a good conservative, an actual registered Republican. He's, uh, let's see, a, a mayor of Shemokin Dam. He's involved in the Pennsylvania Association of Broadcasters. Scrutiny of candidates. No, that's the Bar Association. Oh, Bar Association. Well, <laughs> the broadcasters don't scrutinize candidates. <laughs> well, they ought to. They ought to get involved in this. It would be a good thing to do. Right. Yeah, All I right. can just see that. If we started endorsing, the broadcasters started endorsing candidates, I think there'd be a question of fairness, don't you? Well, and he used to be involved in Pima's response to global tsunamis, but uh, that didn't pan out. <laughs> he got defunded, so they defunded the, that. Right. Aspect. I'm on volcanoes now. Okay. All right. And uh, again, Mark Lawrence. I portray a liberal on the radio. We have an actual libertarian in the building with us now. Hey, we got everything represented today. Uh, right. Republican, Democrat, Libertarian. Right. Well, unless you're a Green Party. <laughs> All right. Well, they're a little too flaky for this hour of the morning. Right. Uh, Kevin Anderson is back. He's from Millville. No, it's Thomas Anderson. Thomas Anderson. What, uh, oh, I was thinking of Kevin being the Green candidate. Okay. <laughs> Thomas Anderson is here. He's from Millville, Libertarian candidate in the 27th District uh, sp- State Senate race that's going to be uh, decided next year. Tuesday is the election, so get out the vote next Tuesday for that 27th district uh, race. Thomas, thank you so much for coming in. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Oh, I do appreciate you coming in. You've traveled two times here. Have you been campaigning around? Explain how your campaign has worked. So most of my campaign so far has just been fighting with the state, trying to get on the ballot, uh, which has been a losing battle. Um, And uh, beyond that, I'm just trying to get as much media attention as I can. I've been on multiple radio programs such as yours and uh, writing as many letters to the editor as I can. I certainly hope for the sake of the Valley. There's not too many radio programs like this one, but uh, <laughs> in any event, uh, Libertarian. Let's start at the very beginning, with, then we'll talk about the uh, ballot impasse and uh, talk about some of the ideals. But yeah, Libertarian what, candidate. What makes you different from the other candidates? Well, Libertarians are uh, strictly small government, uh, pro-individual liberty. Um, the, the, the major party candidates are generally for centralization of power in one way or another. Uh, Republicans often say they're for small government and their platform has a lot of small government principles in it, Uh, but as they govern, it's actually, um, they have much more in common with Democrats than they do with Libertarians, who are truly small government. How might that pan out? Let's suppose we get enough Libertarians to make some sort of an impact in Harrisburg. How might state government evolve? Well, we would focus on actually uh, governing according to the Constitution uh, rather than just uh, using a general legislative ability to rule on anything that we want to. We would see, you know, what is congruent with individual liberty, uh, try to keep power in individuals' hands as much as possible and at the lowest level of government as possible, closest to the people. All right. So uh, those are some of the ideals. We'll dig farther into those because I think how that might uh, be uh, uh, sort of 
what a Republican might want to be. You know, Republicans say they're for small government and uh, balanced budgets and things, but we haven't been able to really to produce either in Washington, even with Republicans sometimes or in charge. Or in Harrisburg. Right. Well, well, they have a balanced budget, but it's very un- inaccurate in most cases. Where's that in Harrisburg? Harrisburg, well, yeah. yeah. It's got a lot of bond issues and borrowing and uh, growing this, too, and whatever it else it happens to be. So anyway, okay, so tell me, let's start at the beginning with your impasse to get on the ballot. I, I'm telling folks you're not going to be on the ballot. It's a write-in candidate, but it certainly is a bona fide candidacy. you got a website and everything. So yeah, this is a fascinating story Tom was telling me before we went on the air. Tell S- it again. Start at the beginning. <laughs> sure. So uh, the Libertarian Party is the third largest party in Pennsylvania and in the United States. Um, we have more members than all of the other third parties combined. Uh, we have minor party status, which means that we should be able to get on the ballot without having to, cl- to collect signatures. The problem in this case um, was that there was a technicality which uh, the state used to keep us off the ballot. Uh, we had all of the nomination uh, paperwork in on time, uh, but they said that the uh, statement of financial interest was missing. And uh, I had already filed the statement of financial interest twice already in the same year, uh, identical. In 2022. Uh, in 2022. Uh, so when you, f- when, you have the, uh, when you file the statement of financial interest, it's actually for the previous year, for 2021. And for those not familiar with it, it's something the candidate has to fill out. And basically, it talks about uh, what does he own property? Does he have a directorship in any corporation? Uh, has anybody given you a huge gift in the recent past? And every elected office has to fill it out. Now, some of them have to go, like municipal offices, you just have to file at your municipal office. But statewide, You've got to file with the state and some of the count, don't the individual counties too? Uh, right. So uh, this is uh, this is something that's required by the Ethics Act, um, and so for any office that you are running for, you need to file a statement of financial interests, as you said. Um, okay. So you file your initial paper, but it does not have that uh, the brand new one on it. Correct. So I had already filed it with the Ethics Commission for. Uh, I'm currently a Pennsylvania State Constable, and I ran for office for state representative. So I already filed it twice with the Eth- Ethics Commission in 2022 for year 2021. But they wanted another one for the state Senate race. And so they called me shortly after we filed the paperwork, and they had accepted the paperwork on the deadline. And they said that it's missing this statement of financial interest. I said, okay, I'll remedy that right away. And uh, so as soon as I got home right after that, uh, within about 15 minutes, I went on the commission, the Ethics Commission website, filed that paperwork, emailed a copy of that to the elections office uh, by 5.15 that day, the, the day of... The, that deadline, and they Five said fifteen. Yeah, so they, they said that this was now deficient. They could not put me on the ballot. I ask him what the statute says. Does it say close of business on that day, or does it give a date? If it says it's the date, like five days before the election or thirty days before the election, then you have should have until midnight to file, not not five o'clock. It's some arbitrary. What did the law say? So I don't think that the law is that specific. It seems to be rather arbitrary and interpreted by the Department of State, uh, what they want to accept. And uh, and what they said was that the only remedy is that we have to file a petition for writ of mandamus to have the court force them to put me on the ballot. And you did. And we did. And uh, when we did that, the, uh, the state's lawyer said that they would actually join us on that, that they would not contest this lawsuit. And uh, this seemed very... Uh, baffling to me because if they're not going to contest it, why don't they just put me on the ballot? 
why do we have to go through a court proceeding and waste everyone's time? Which court did you have to file with? This is the Commonwealth Court. Commonwealth Court, okay. Well, they handle a lot of zoning issues and local government issues, so they would presumably be familiar with this issue and able to resolve it. What happened? <laughs> What happened was that this occurred over the holiday period, okay, so that the, the, uh, the filing deadline was December 12th, and so uh, when we're getting together our legal paperwork to file this, this is over Christmas and New Year's. Uh, so we filed it in early January, and they said, well, at this point, you know, this is too late. Uh, we've, we've, we've already put the candidates on the ballot, we're, we're uh, producing the mail-in ballots, and so you know, th this is a moot point, you're not going to be on the ballot. Couldn't you get something like an emergency uh, stay, ordering them to halt until the court could hear the case? I mean, I, I'm not a lawyer, I don't have the resources to fight this in any depth, and so uh, at this point, uh, this is just going to be a writing campaign, they, they won this one. I would think your party would be interested in, in that, because it's them, you know, what happened to you could happen to any number of other candidates going forward. Well, yeah, I think that everyone should be interested in this, not just my party, but all third parties and, and all Pennsylvanians. Uh, this, this affects everyone's right to vote. They should see all of the vi viable candidates on the ballot. I'm the duly nominated candidate of my party, the third largest party in Pennsylvania, and they are keeping me off of it for no good reason. Tom sure. mentioned something to me that okay. I think you may find interesting, and that is that your philosophy, your party's philosophy, is a little bit different than Republicans or Democrats when it comes to a nomination. Would you explain that? Right. So the libertarian philosophy is a bottom-up uh, method of governing. Okay. So uh, the the main the two major parties are a top-down system. Um, the way that our country was founded, the way our state was founded, was more of a bottom-up. Our, our constitution gives most power to the most local government, and so the way most people see it today is that the federal government's on top and everything else is under that. That's not the way that we were founded. And the Libertarian Party subscribes to the way that we were founded as a bottom-up system. And so in our party, the, the nominating power is in the local affiliate. So for the 27th Senate District, I had to get the affiliates, um, the organized affiliates within the five counties to nominate me independently. And so I did that. Uh, it was a little bit more of a a process than what the major parties have to go through because they just have their state party do the nomination. Mm -hmm. And so I went and got those nominations, but the state has no way for me to file that. I can't tell them these five counties nominated me. They want a single nomination from a single party. And so we had to make an exception to our state bylaws and get a state nomination for me. So uh, I hope folks are reading into this uh, a lack of interest in individuals other than Republicans and Democrats in Harrisburg. Yeah, it seems like they just want to keep everyone else off the ballot and keep the election as simple and smooth as possible so they have to deal with as few candidates as possible. Well, and from a Republican standpoint, isn't there the fear that you might, as a libertarian, draw away some Republican votes? Sure. I mean, that's a possibility. Uh, I believe in small government, like Republicans talk about, um, although I'm not completely aligned with either of the major two parties, which is why I am a different party. Uh, I believe in individual liberty, um, and the Republican Party has not been governing that way. All right. We're going to talk about how this might apply to state government. Uh, we have Thomas Anderson with us. If you'd like to talk to him, feel free to give us a buzz. The phone number is 570-743-9565 is our telephone number. You can email us at onthemarketwkok.com, and you can text us at 70236. We'll open up the phone lines if you'd like to talk to Thomas Anderson about uh, being a libertarian at all in Pennsylvania. Actually, we usually say if you have a 
question for him, right? right. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, if you have a question, uh, call in Libertarian candidate for the 27th District State Senate race. The election is next Tuesday. There's something to be said about a sale with a handshake. A service technician who really knows what he's doing, they can explain it in English what the problem is. There's nothing better than having that friend you could trust in the area. That's Sunbury Motors, where you get selection, knowledgeable salespeople, and prices that fit your budget, and more important, that friend you can trust. Welcome to Sunbury Motors, Kia, Ford, and Hyundai. You could chop other dealers and compare prices, but at Sunbury Motors, you get their lowest price promise. They research the current used vehicle market and guarantee their used car prices are the lowest. If you find a lower price, Sunbury Motors will beat it. Three dealers, all in one. See their full new and pre-owned inventory at sunburymotors.com. Pick out a vehicle you like and schedule your test drive online. Follow them on Facebook. Sunbury Motors Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. All right, welcome back. We have uh, an opportunity for you to talk to the candidate. Tom Anderson is here, Libertarian candidate in the 27th District State Senate race. You can call us at 570-743-9565. That's 570-743-WKOK. You can email us at onthemarketwkok.com and text us at 70236. Question for for the vote to count for you. Exactly what do people have to write down? Thomas Anderson, Tom Anderson. I mean, how how do you get the vote if if I want to write you in? Now, I don't know uh, strictly how they would um, merge, you know, different forms of my name. But um, I'm encouraging everyone to write in Thomas Anderson. Spell it out all the way. All right. And on the mail-in ballot, it's, it's, you get a choice. Republicans at the top, then Democrat, and then write in. It's as plain as can be. So right. it would be really easy on a mail-in ballot. All right. Some of the issues. Let's dig back into the topic of issues. Uh, you're, I, I said, uh, you know, if libertarians were in charge, what might state government look like? Well, let's scratch that question, update it to when, when you get to Harrisburg, so to speak, you will not be in the majority. You'll be among the Democrats and Republicans there. How does a libertarian operate? How do you caucus, kind of form your votes and so on? Well, what's interesting is that in the state house, um, they actually had uh, the issue of figuring out who the the majority of the uh, speaker would be. And the Republican majority actually ended up voting in a Democrat who said that he would be independent. And so there's, uh, there's a reason to believe that the body as a whole would do better with more independence, with people who could maybe um, break the, um, what'd you call it, the the, uh, extremes, right? Mm -hmm. It's a very divided country right now between the two major parties, and having more independent voices would allow us to have maybe um, a more reasonable discussion. And so I would go in there as a voice of reason, uh, representing the reasonable middle of America that isn't on either extreme. On recent state issues, Thomas, how would you how would you have voted differently than, let's say, uh, Senator Gordner did, or would you have been largely in agreement with him in some areas? Um, I think that I, I would try to um, maybe change things at when in the committee level. Um, I'd like to be on, for instance, the finance committee and the law and justice committee, and maybe change the way that legislation is before it actually gets voted on. Um, Probably I would uh, vote with Republicans most of the time, uh, insofar as there are things you know for smaller government. Um, that that tends to be the case these days. 
But at the same time, things get bottled up in committee and get stuck there. Democrats want them to come out, but they can't. And oh, that was before the, the House uh, uh, was on the verge of being democratically majority. But Republicans just squelch things. So uh, could you see yourself voting for uh, a piece of legislation just to get it out of committee? Because right now, committee chairs, they're really the governor of Pennsylvania. It's, you know, it's kind of a myth that Governor Wolf's in charge or Shapiro. Yeah, it really depends on the, on the topic. Um, I, I think that in, in most cases, gridlock is a good thing, right? We don't want government doing too much. And so when they're <laughs> trying to propose new laws, we probably want to make sure that we think really, really hard about them and not pass too many laws. Well, Pennsylvania has one of the most, well, largest and well-paid uh, state legislatures in the country. Uh, from your standpoint or from the Libertarian Party standpoint, what about term limits and what about reducing the size of the state legislature? Yeah, uh, I definitely agree with term, term limits. Um, ideally, we wouldn't need them because people would simply vote in new people, but that just never happens. Incumbents are always uh, the, the evil you know versus the evil you don't know, right? And uh, so I'm definitely in favor of term limits. Um, uh, Linda Schlegel-Culver has been uh, in her office for over 10 years now, I think, and is now moving into another office or trying to move into another office. Uh, so I, I don't like the idea of this career politician. Uh, I think they should have a role in society, something doing something productive and not just trying to be a politician your entire life. <laughs> doing something productive other than <laughs> state representative. Um, okay. We have a caller on the line. Uh, Mike, you have a question for our candidate, Tom Anderson, is here. Yeah, good morning. Hello, Mr. Anderson. Uh, my question is, the, this senatorial district has the uh, Susquehanna River running through it. Uh, it's no secret that the river has pollution problems, uh, and specifically from the Nescapec and Catawissa Creek. So I'm just wondering, how do you, what do you know about that, first of all, and what's your position on uh, cleaning those creeks up? Okay, he's heard your question. Yeah, thank you very much. Thank you. So <laughs> pollution is an issue that uh, is often thrown at libertarians as, you know, what would you do with this because, you know, you're against government interfering with things. Uh, here's the problem with government regulation in order to control pollution is that the, re the regulated industries end up capturing the regulators. Uh, they have an interest in paying off uh, the regulators, and what happens is that the regulators then make laws that um, benefit the polluters. And so the best thing that we can do, I think, as a society is to get government out of regulating pollution and instead put the power in those who are affected. So if, if you live on the river, um, you get your you know, water from the river, you, you know, fish or whatever, you should be able to sue the polluters in court, okay, because they're violating a law, not have regulators try to do this for us because ultimately the regulators will end up in the back pocket of the polluters. Can I do that now? Uh, you could. Most people think that the government's doing it for them and so that they don't have to do it. Well, there's a, an issue in, around here in transportation. Um, the uh, Susquehanna Valley Thruway project was largely funded through state dollars uh, through the efforts of Senator Gordner and Representative Culver and uh, others at the time. You know, So from the libertarian standpoint, would we have spent $850 million to build the thruway? No, I don't think that it's the, the role of government to decide how our resources are allocated. Uh, that's for the, for the market to determine. So if the market decides that we need a throughway, then in, uh, individual private developers can, can put that in. Uh, there, there's obviously you know, a reason to have certain public infrastructure like particular roads. The problem is that 
uh, government has no good way of regulating where they should go or you know um, how well they should be maintained. PennDOT might argue that point with you. I mean, they, they literally have all these traffic studies that show that uh, the bypass was needed here. It's been talked about for some 40 years. I would say the marketplace actually demanded that the road be built. I would argue that we probably have too many roads and that we spend too much money on roads and that if we didn't have so many roads, then industry, uh, residential areas, they would develop in ways that are much more efficient. So we built all these highways and then we spread out everything. And so now we need the roads to... Uh, to service to all support this. support the sprawl. Right, exactly. We wouldn't have the sprawl if it wasn't for the government, and this is a very inefficient way to structure our, our economy and our society. Yeah, one of our good listeners about four years ago called in, or sent in an email saying we don't need the CSVT, and Joe unfortunately had a meltdown that day, so he couldn't <laughs> couldn't take it, but uh, lots of folks did advocate for that. But yeah, which came first, the uh, urbanization of rural areas and then sub- subsequently highways to support it, or not the other way around? It's not we're not adding highways so that our area can can become more more ruralized. Uh, oh, you want to be on finance? What might a libertarian influenced budget look like in Pennsylvania? Well, primarily we need to cut spending um, <clears throat> and reduce taxes. Uh, we also have to uh, look into how we can. Um, deal with the fact that the U.S. dollar is not going to be the reserve currency of the world anymore and it's going to lose its power um, and its value. We're seeing that with inflation right now. Um, Inflation is, by the government estimates, around 7%, but by real estimates, uh, without all of their convoluted calculations, it's probably above 10%. And so we're losing a lot of uh, purchasing power right now in our dollar. And I think that Pennsylvania ought to do what Texas has done and what uh, Kentucky and West Virginia are currently looking to do, which is to establish a precious metals repository and have potentially a constitutional money in our own state. Well, the big three, abortion, gun control, and the death penalty. All right, so gun control is easy. Uh, the Pennsylvania Constitution says that citizens have a absolute right uh, to protect themselves and the state. Uh, that shall not be questioned. So really, there's no, there's no movement on that, right? It shall not be questioned. The government can't do anything with regard, re- regard to guns. You have an absolute right to them. Um, abortion, uh, this is an issue. Uh, I think that uh, re- overturning Roe v. Wade was the right thing because it is a state's rights issue. And um, the problem is that at some point, yes, killing a, an individual has to be considered murder. But on the other hand, um, a mother has a right to her own body. And so there has to be some give and take there. Somewhere in the middle of pregnancy, we have to say that this is a human being that could be delivered right now and has all the rights of an adult. Like we have now? Sure. In uh, Pennsylvania? I mean, 24 yeah. weeks? 24 weeks, I think, is a good time. So, okay, so viability then would be your position. Yes. It, all right. How about the last one, yes. the death penalty? Um, I think the government gets it wrong too often to have a death penalty. Uh, however, in cases where someone, um, where, where the evidence is absolutely overwhelming, or you have a confession, or an that, admission, yeah, yeah, if, if it does not have any possibility of being under duress, 
then that's a possibility. Here we had a guilty individual that committed a crime that affected our area that eventually gave up on his uh, opportunities to appeal further, and then the execution was uh, did did take place. Uh, how would you resolve the funding of state police? It's a big topic in Harrisburg. PennDOT's participating in the funding of it. Uh, some folks say that's not the right uh, landing area for that uh, funding source. So I think that state police um, should have uh, less overall duties and power in the state. Um, you know, the state police was uh, established uh, about 100 years ago. Uh, we didn't have state police for the entire you know, first couple hundred years of Pennsylvania. And they were actually established in order to oppose the will of the people. Okay, The governor wanted a force to um, basically enforce uh, the, uh, the, the I think it was the railroads at the time. There were riots, and and so the local law enforcement were, were in favor of the people, and the rioters and the you know union people, and the governor wanted to be able to basically break those riot lines, and so the state police came into power for that. Um, now they mostly uh, regulate our highways. They give us all speeding tickets, uh, and so most people are not in favor of state police in general because they they uh, don't have a function that wasn't. Uh, that, that was necessary uh, for law enforcement, right? We had local law enforcement prior to the state police, and we ought to go back to more local law enforcement. So defunding them is a summary of that? Kind Not of entirely, but um, I, I wouldn't, uh, I, I would focus more on local police. Well, then, given Closing. that, given that, then I have to ask you about radar for municipal police. Very Do you favor that? Here. Yeah, you only have 30 <laughs> seconds left, so no, that plus... No, a absolutely not. I don't believe in radar or laser or okay, any devices right, to enforce... The <laughs> out the door. You just lost my vote. <laughs> <laughs> Those are victimless crimes. Yeah, like if, quick, if you cause an accident because you're speeding, you should get a ticket. Quick not just a quick summary of your campaign, please. <laughs> yeah, I, again, if you want an, another option on the ticket, um, you, you, you won't see him on the ballot, but if you want someone who's in favor of smaller government, uh, who isn't beholden to the special interests, write in Thomas Anderson. All right, Thomas Anderson, libertarian candidate, lives in Columbia County, Millville area, candidate for 27th District State Senate special election next Tuesday. Thank you so yes, much. Yes, thanks, Tom. Thanks, thanks for coming thanks in. Thanks for coming in. You are listening to On the Mark, the WKOK Live Telephone Talk Show. We are going to be having open phones during the 9 a.m. hour. This is WKOK Sunbury. by Liberty. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Now, here are your hosts for On the Mark. Mark Lawrence and Joe McGranahan. Greetings. Welcome on board WKOK's live telephone talk show on the mark. I'm Mark Lawrence. Man, sir, Joe. Yes, sir. I'm here. How you doing, brother? I'm hanging in there. Jeez, How look, about you? You look good. Everything okay with you? Everything is hunky-dory. Hunky-dory. Pull that. <laughs> what, what are you doing with this microphone in the next room? I'm sorry. Is this better? I'll stick it right in my face. Is that better? Are you happy now? <laughs> well, I, I think the audience would like to hear you. I can hear myself in the headphones. I assume the well, audience yeah, can hear me Well, yeah, because you have them well. up to... Uh, uh, Ear splitting uh, levels, right, right up to jet engine level. <laughs> <laughs> Joe's hear, hearing. Hey, uh, what you say there, Joe's sonny? headphones. If you take them off, they cause like a uh, 120 decibel squeal in the room here. So please don't take them off. Fortunately, all that is going into your head. So when are you going to he get hearing aids? Huh? 
What'd you say? Are you ever going to get hearing aids? I don't need hearing aids. Okay, okay, okay. Every old man says that. Did you ever? Did you ever? Do you listen to music with high volume in your headphones when you're at home? Oh yeah, my hearing music? is shot too. I, I I readily admit it. I'm uh, probably a couple years from a hearing aid, at least in one ear. I was at a meeting not too long ago where young people who speak very low and mumble all the time were the main speakers, <laughs> and I thought, uh oh, this nothing's is... worse than a low mumbler. <laughs> a young person. So don't listen to young. <laughs> people. They're hard to hear. All right, folks, we would invite uh, you to talk to us uh, today. Uh, you can uh, give us a buzz, 570-743-9565. That's 570-743-9565. You can talk about the good uh, libertarian ideals that uh, Thomas Anderson just talked about here. And uh, you can talk about other things that are in the news. There's all kinds of things globally in the news. We're going to give uh, more than a couple dozen uh, M1 Abram tanks to Ukraine for them to use in the months ahead. It's interesting, uh, President Biden's not going to pull them from stockpile. They'll pull them from the manufacturer. So these might be ones that they're holding on to or haven't been delivered yet. So that'll be slightly different in the way that that uh, will be deployed. But some striker vehicles and some Patriot missiles and this sort of thing are part of our help for Ukraine. Republicans are really hesitant in in Washington, D.C. Maybe one of our listeners knows why. Why are Republicans hesitant to just keep pouring more and more into Ukraine? Maybe that just answered the question so, uh, what's your view on that topic? On the Mark is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company. Check them out at sunburymotors.com. Uh, our telephone number is open, 570-743-9565. You can email us, as five individuals have done, at onthemarketwkok.com. And you can text us at 70236. Include the keyword OTM. Don't have any texts yet, but we do have those emails, so we'll get to those ASAP. We do have some very brief brief news headlines here. Milton Area School District closed today because of a threat that was made involving a gun online. It was made on social media and individuals sought and notified the Safe to Say system, a Safe to Say something system in Harrisburg. Then Safe to Say contacted the school district about uh, 1230 this morning and said that the online threats were present. Schools canceled in the Milton Area School District. You can read lots more about that at WKOK.com. The North Branch of the Susquehanna River has been chosen as the River of the Year. Cindy Adams of the DCNR says uh, through planned River of the Year celebrations, public awareness of the value of the North Branch of the Susquehanna River will be increased and major initiatives will be underscored. Uh, There will be more sojourns than usual, more paddles and more money spent. We'll talk to the Susquehanna Greenway Partnership and uh, the Susquehanna River Keeper uh, in the days and weeks ahead about what this entails so they can talk about some of the things that they'll be doing for the Susquehanna River. Northumberland County could be selling the former Celotex manufacturing site to the city of Sunbury. The city hopes to fix up the property and then sell it to another individual. Josh Brocious, the mayor, says his main concern is that in the end, no taxpayer dollars are uh, wasted there. A zoning change involving Geisinger and the Saints uh, Sisters of Saints Cyril and Methodius may be decided in the next few weeks. It was not decided last night. Press Enterprise reports Danville Borough Council will decide that zoning topic uh, in the weeks and months ahead. The Berks County Republican Committee is appealing a judge's decision regarding results from the November election. The issue is that some individuals are disputing what happened in the most recent election and they would like a hand recount like we saw recently in Lycoming County for a, a 
the uh, election that was several years ago. GOP members claiming irregularities with the most recent election went to court asking for a manual recount, but a Berks County Common Pleas Court judge has ruled that the plaintiffs failed to prove any evidence of fraud that would justify a review. The committee has appealed that ruling, hoping for a different outcome in Commonwealth Court. This case comes less than two months after Republicans in Lycoming County ordered a hand recount of ballots cast in the 2020 elections, with results there nearly identical to the official results from more than two years. Ago. I'm David Payne, News Radio 1070 WKOK. The Center Square is reporting today a dozen school districts in Pennsylvania exploited a legal loophole to raise millions of dollars in new taxes from the public without putting it to a referendum. In the process, they've hidden hundreds of millions of dollars in reserve funds that could cover school costs without raising taxes. The state auditor has warned that there are potentially more school districts who have done the same. The announcement made during the press conference by the Auditor General Tim DeFore was based on the audit of a dozen schools in the state. He's told the Center Square for years there have been concerns raised to us from the General Assembly and from residents about school districts who raise taxes while having plenty of money in reserves to cover any type of budget gaps. Uh, He said, quote, for nearly a year our audit team looked into this practice to see whether school districts appropriately used referendum exceptions to raise property taxes without voter input. Uh, He targeted a dozen or so school districts, none in our immediate area, but in these 12 districts, there are, well, these are just 12 districts that he looked at, but there's 500 in uh, Pennsylvania, and they have billions of dollars held in reserve, while each year they raise uh, taxes on individuals. I know they do that around here. You see the districts have two, three, four, five, six million dollars set aside, and then raise your taxes. So, uh, Tim DeFore calling attention to that. Uh, The Philadelphia Inquirer is reporting. Joe, you'll be happy about this. President Biden and Vice President Kamala Harris are planning a visit to Philadelphia February 3rd, according to the White House. Why would I be happy about that? Uh, You like the democratic process and all participants (laughs) to travel around and go places and um, this kind of thing. Sure, I love them spending taxpayers' money on all these roads we've got. Well, yeah, we got too many. (laughs) All right, uh, let's see. Virginia's House of Delegates has approved a bill that would add historical markers across the state showing places where black Americans could feel safe as they traveled during the Jim Crow era. What's the name of that book that had uh, safe places for blacks to go to? You're talking about the Underground Railroad? No, 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 no. <laughs> this was uh, w- during the uh, 60s, uh, 40s, 50s, 60s, after, long after the Underground Railroad. Anyway, details from CBS News reporter Christopher Cruz. The markers will show Green Book sites across the state. The Green Book listed businesses where black Americans wouldn't be hassled or harmed. An Oscar-winning movie was made about the book in 2018. The markers would show Green Book sites across the state. The Green Book listed businesses where black Americans wouldn't be hassled or harmed. An Oscar-winning movie was made about the book in 2018. The Negro Motorist Green Book. Yeah, it lists all the places colored because they down south. Like, you know, traveling while black. 
WTOP News reports 315 sites across Virginia were listed in the Green Book, including hotels, guest houses, service stations, drugstores, taverns, barber shops, and restaurants. One researcher says about three-fourths of the businesses no longer exist. Christopher Cruz, CBS News, Washington. Now, wouldn't that be interesting? As CBS says, because of the centralized location along the mid-Atlantic coast, Virginia had a substantial presence in the Green Book from 1938 to 1967. Virginia was a a departure point and a place to pass through when black Americans traveled between northern and southern states. The bill now goes to the Virginia Senate, where it's expected to pass. Republican Governor Glenn Yonkin's administration says it supports the legislation. Wouldn't that be fascinating to read about that and bone up on this and to know more about it? You love history. This is right up your alley. Okay. Oh, you don't care about it. That's right. It's black history. I'm, <laughs> no. I, I am so sorry. I, I keep thinking you like all history. I I'm do, sorry. But I'm, no, no, I'm no. sorry. What, I don't okay. understand what the relevance of it, of it is today. Why are they still publishing a book or still having a discussion about this? Hopefully, we have enough laws in the book that people are free to travel wherever they want to go without being harassed or harmed in any way. There you have it. Thank you, folks. <laughs> if somebody tells you who they are, believe them. All right. <laughs> let's see. A couple of things. Conversation starters. The Razzies are apologizing for nominating a 12-year-old girl. You know, the Razzies are when you're the worst actress in, right. uh, in America. Of course, they, it wouldn't be politically correct. Uh, well, the Razzies are apologizing because she's just 12. It's not her fault. She was in a terrible movie. They singled out Ryan Kiera Armstrong's performance in Firestarter as one of the worst of the year. Not cool, they now later say, uh, that they will impose an age limit on the people they diss with the Razzie <laughs> Awards. You will be happy about this, since I know you use Facebook to try to see what uh, your friends' grandkids are up to. Facebook and Instagram have reinstated Donald Trump's accounts, but there's a catch. Facebook says if he breaks the rules, he faces immediate suspension that could last up to two years. He was thrown in Facebook jail after the attack on the U.S. Capitol. I think, you know, as as far as conversation starters go, I'm more interested in the one out of Newport News, Virginia. Are you all familiar right. with that one? Yep, please. Tell That's us all where about the, it. Uh, the six-year-old kid shot his uh, school teacher, first grade teacher. Mm -hmm. And they have now, at a meeting last night or yesterday, they fired the superintendent of schools. And I understand the assistant principal, who usually is responsible for discipline in a school, a particular school, uh, resigned. Uh, this teacher apparently uh, warned the administration and others that this young man had a gun in class. There was another teacher who checked his backpack and then told the administrators he, she was fairly certain that he had taken the gun outside uh, at recess. And their response was, well, he has small pockets. You know, I guess the implication being that if he stuck a gun in his pocket, it would be fairly visible. But after four specific warnings, uh, he threatened to beat up another kid, and they uh, they told the administration about that, and they didn't close down the school. They didn't uh, confront the kid. They didn't uh, take him out of class or do anything. And now this young lady, this teacher, has a bullet stuck near her spine uh, that they can't remove. And she's hopefully going to survive. I guess a lot of people carry a bullet around with them uh, that they got somehow or another. But she's now suing the school district. And I think she should well school the school, uh, sue the school district. I'm sorry to see the taxpayers have to go on the, on, the uh, on the taxpayer's dime for this. But the administration screwed up. And I hope they have errors in emission insurance because <laughs> it's going to be a big payout. Right, CBS, uh, I'm going to recount this, and it's very close to what you just recounted.
that at least one administrator was told the day of the shooting that the boy might have a weapon, but no weapon was found when they looked in his backpack. Police have said that school officials did not tell them about that tip before the shooting, which happened hours later. In addition to the George Parker's removal, the superintendent, Richland Elementary's assistant principal, resigned. Uh, the teacher was shot. Uh, she evacuated, blah, blah, blah. And when they talked to Yeah, they don't, CBS doesn't go far into Well, they the, went, they, there was more. They went right, to back a, to, before the shot was fired, they went back in and told it, you know, just ask the administration to do something again. And the administration's response was, let it play out. The school day's almost over. And then the, the young lady got shot. The teacher got mm-hmm. shot. You know, we hear all of this stuff about protecting our kids in schools. How could this, this possibly happen? How could they not, after they're told that a young man had threatened to beat up another student? That alone should have caused someone to go down there and intervene. And that happened early. That was the first thing that happened. Another kid went and told the teacher that he saw the kid showed him the gun at, at recess or at somewhere during the school day. Mm-hmm. And that kid was shocked and, and upset and went and told the teacher. The teacher told the administration. They did nothing. Right. So what's the point of hiring all these resource officers if we aren't actually going to act on things that we're, we're told about what's going on in the schools? Does the elementary school have a resource officer? I always think of them dwelling at uh, middle school and high school. School, but you could be well, well you're right I'm I, you're right but, but what, why would know. why would you have one if you don't intend to follow up on what you hear from the students or what you hear from the teachers all right we would invite folks to weigh in on these uh, topics plus we had Thomas Anderson here earlier he said a lot of and things how did a six-year-old get a gun from the parents well the mother claims that the gun was kept on the top of a closet and had a trigger lock on it have you seen a child climb trying to get a cookie? I got a four-year-old who could right. climb anything you got. Right. <laughs> we got a new cat at our house, and that thing is four-wheel drive. So I think if a cat can, uh, if a cat can climb a screen door, a uh, a child can get on well, the top shelf. I saw shelf. a story on the media this morning that a, a guy was shot and killed when his dog stepped on a loaded firearm. So, <laughs> mm, right, yeah, that was a hunting accident, I believe. Yep. We would invite for you to weigh in on these topics. Thomas Anderson was here early. We were firing a superintendent, and uh, other administrators are resigning in Newport News, Virginia, because of the shooting of a teacher there, significantly wounded. A lot of a lot of missed opportunities to stop that before it happened is the uh, topic from uh, Newport. Uh, maybe there's something else on your mind. We have emails here about Senator Hawley's new proposal, Al Gore's recent uh, remark, Uh, Let's see, Forever Chemicals in Pennsylvania. We have the State Auditor General talking about districts that have a gazillion dollars in reserve, so they raise your taxes. Um, And one of our listeners sent us an email that says electric and heating bills. It says, uh, that particular one says, the people out there are really interested in is how their electric and their heating bills have gone up. Thank you. Uh, new green energy savings. Right! <laughs> they don't believe it. All right. That Who pretend- does? Uh, all right. Yeah, electric bills and gas bills all going way up. Yeah, you had rate increases and then you had a chilly uh, couple of week period in December and while Everybody's getting the bill. And then, of course, Al Gore is telling us that current climate conditions are equivalent to 600,000 Hiroshima bombs going off every day. Am I the only one that finds that extremely hard to believe? I like to know where Al's getting his data. Well, it's probably from some place like uh, Fairy Tales by 
Hans Christian Andersen or something like that. Okay. We would invite you to call us, 570-743-WKOK. That's 570-743-9565. We've got a couple of callers waiting. We'll be right back. Mm-hmm. When car repairs get difficult... Well, I... I just don't know. Um, me neither. We get good. Sunbury Motors. More than quality new and used cars, Sunbury Motors specializes in complicated auto repair diagnosis. They can handle intricate repairs and even complete auto body with service open Monday through Friday, 7 till 4. And Sunbury Motors has made simple repairs easy. Maintaining your vehicle is necessary. Finding the time to do it is difficult. Welcome to Sunbury Motors Quick Lane. Open 7 till 4, Monday through Friday. Just walk in or call ahead. Relax in their remodeled waiting room with Wi-Fi, beverages, and snacks. Will Sunbury Motors factory train techs take care of your oil change, tire alignments, brakes, and inspections. Quick Lane, 630 to 6, Monday through Friday, Saturday, 6 30 till 2. Sunbury Motors, Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. We take the mm. out of auto repair. No, oh, that's it. All right, thank you. <laughs> Joe's trying to fix my life here. Work and less, sleep fixing. more, work out, exercise more. Go to the gym. What else? Oh, that's enough. If you take care of yourself, things will be better. We get, Whatever. Stan, we got the angry men lined up. First Stan, then Eric. Stan called in first. Go ahead, sir. Angry? Nah, I'm not angry. Disappointed. <laughs> you always uh, say that. You know, you know that libertarian candidate, uh, when he said that we don't need any more roads and uh, we need to plan communities better so they're more efficient, that's where he lost me at. That's, uh, you know, that that's a, that's a leftist line. They're worried about trying to gather everybody in proximity to each other so the communities can be more efficient and take together and uh, all that. Yeah, now he lost me there, so he won't be getting my vote. But, uh, you know, you were talking about the, the, the superintendent there in Virginia because the kid shot the teacher. Okay, and if and if he and if what's being said is true that they kind of poo pooed it and 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 pushed it to the side that the warning that the kid had a gun. Now who who told him that the administration that the kid had the gun? That's what the part I missed. Well, there were teachers. How did, how did they get a teachers? Wind of that? The teachers. The first, there were several. There were four separate incidents. In the first, the kid threatened to beat some kid up in school, and the the teacher, the specific teacher who was shot, went to the administration and told them that he had. Had made this threat, and the administration did not come to the classroom, did not take the kid out, did nothing about it. Then there was another kid who said that he was shown the gun by this young young kid, and that got reported to the administration, and they didn't do anything about it at that point. Uh, there was another instance where uh, the teacher, oh, after the first one, when the kid reported the gun, another teacher searched his backpack when they went out to recess, couldn't find it. You know, but went to the administration and told them they searched the backpack and that there was no gun in it, but that they thought the kid had taken it out at recess. And the administration said, well, the kid has small pockets. You know, so. Had, had, <laughs> had this all happened in the same day? Yes, the same day. Prior to oh, the good prior Lord. to the, prior to the teacher being shot. Over a couple hours. Over a couple of hours. <laughs> and the last instance that was reported, they went and the, you know the teacher said, "I th- I think the kid has a gun." And they said, "Well, we'll let it play out. It's almost the school day's almost over." And then the young lady got shot. But we need more gun control. Well, because of this stupidity, you know, right there, right, right there is perfect example of the 
the system failing. Right. No, you're right. You're absolutely right. And he, uh, they claim, the mother claims that the gun was stored at the top of a closet with a trigger lock. Okay, now the trigger locks are okay, I guess. But uh, did the kid have access to the key for the trigger lock if there was one on it? I don't know. The kid's six years old. How sophisticated is a six-year-old when it comes to guns? Well, give me give me your phone or computer, Joe, and let them take care of it for you. Yeah, well, see. that's true. But, that's that, <laughs> <laughs> but but if you had access to the key, because you can't just rip off a, a gun lock. Any okay? Most of the gun locks shipped with the guns these days are either a cable lock, which are made by Master, most of them, or or it's one that fits around the trigger guard. Now there are some really crappy ones, and there's some pretty decent ones. The, the, the decent ones, if you start prying on that and and trying to get it off, you're going to just either really damage the gun or not be able to get it off. Now, the crappy ones, well, that's a whole other story. I think but I think a, a, a good pocket knife or, or a butter knife, you could pry that off and it wouldn't be an issue. But So we don't know about that, but the question is, was the gun loaded when he supposedly took the trigger lock off? Because that's one thing. They, the, the makers of the trigger lock say never put it on a loaded gun mm. because the chance when you're taking it off it's possibility that you could fire it oh, so, okay yeah I guess it's good so you know I see a whole lot of failures here and, 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 and the biggest one is that the school was warned and they did nothing or that the parent didn't secure it, didn't actually secure it, said they sort of had their own security. But, you know, securing something against from a six-year-old boy, it's got to be pretty sophisticated. It has to have a, a combination lock or something that nobody knows except the mom or the dad. Well, well and, and if it truly did have a trigger lock on, then you're going to determine what kind it was and, and, and ha- if he had access to it. Because they make them with combination, those trigger locks, and they make them with a key. Right. Whether he had access to the key or knew the combination, which he's six years old, and I agree with you. You know, most six-year-olds ain't thinking that way. So, what was going on in that household that that kid was thinking that way? Well, that's a good point too. I mean, obviously, there's something, something terribly wrong with the entire situation from the home to the school system. But we need more gun control because that'll solve all the problems, right? I think people and talk about changes in gun laws well, that might if he make didn't, us if safer. If the gun wasn't in the household, he couldn't have got hold of it. Nah, he would have done something else. Well, I mean, his first threat well, before he demonstrated that he had a gun was to beat a kid up. No, I'm sorry. He showed a kid the gun and then told him he'd beat him up if he did. If he told anybody he had it. That's... <laughs> yeah, the kid was a real piece of work. He needed, he needed to be in an institution, evidently, with some severe mental counseling. But obviously the parents weren't aware of it. Maybe it's a single mother. I don't know. You know, because I'm doubt if that's put out because he said it was the mother. So I'm assuming that there wasn't a father in the house. So, yeah, there's a whole bunch of issues that need to be gone. But we're going to ban the guns because that will solve the problem. No, it won't. Well, if there no. had been no gun in the house... It wouldn't have happened, right? <laughs> if we banned Maybe. Guns. Maybe. Yeah, the kid could buy it on the black market. I don't think a six-year-old well, would have access to funding. Yeah, it might have a problem. I think but, a six-year-old. But that, that won't solve the problem, Joe, because there's they're out there. The scumbags are going to be scumbags. They're going to get the guns. Look what happened in California. From what I've been hearing, the scumbags that did the mass shootings were prohibited. All right, already prohibited. 
from owning firearms, and look what happened. Yeah, well. So one more law, that'll do it. That'll that'll do it, uh-huh. Yeah, are there any changes in gun laws that could be part of a change in our systems that would make us safer? Pertaining to guns, no. Pertaining to criminal uh, prosecution, yes. You catch the scumbags, and when they're proven guilty, you take them out, and you take them out of society permanently. Take okay? them out. They will never do it again. But over and above the gun, the gun situation, my concern go. is that what happened? To, what happened to the administration? Why would they not even investigate this? Why would they let it pass? All right, we got you. All right, thank you so much, Stan. That's a good question. They're, they're the ones going to have to answer it. So. Yep. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Stan. Have a good one. All right. Next uh, person who we call angry, who always says he's not angry, Eric. I'm not angry. See? I'm, I'm sitting here on the on the phone, listening intensely and calmly and so forth. Okay, so your 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 um your presenter today, his name was Green. Is that correct? Nope, Thomas Anderson. <laughs> Try to get Anderson. That. Okay, okay, okay. I, I was thinking it was something Green, and but he he's running on the Libertarian ticket. Is that correct? That yep. is yes. Okay, he's on the ballot for the election next Tuesday, I assume. Yes, right. that is correct. Yeah, we made that clear. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, just want to get my bona fides here. I kind of caught you guys late. Uh, is this guy nuts? <laughs> <laughs> um, ban the state police, huh? Um, you know, that's crazy. Um, so he says 200 years ago we didn't have the state police. Well, yeah, 200 years ago this place was the frontier, right? <laughs> we had sheriffs and. Uh, they had they had certain responsibilities as they have in other states, but our sheriffs are pretty much there to be uh, you know uh, officers of the court, serve warrants, uh, you know, pick up people that type of thing. They're not sheriffs like we think of in some of the southern counties where you, know, you get pulled by the sheriff, you're in trouble. Um, our state police provide a necessary and you know needed you know service you know to connect all the various municipalities and so forth of, of this great commonwealth we live in. I think of Snyder County, so we have Seelands Grove has a police department, Shemokin Dam has a police department, and Middleburg has a police department. I'm not sure about Beavertown, whether they do or not. What about all those in between? What about all the connectedness and so forth? You know, where, where's our protection? You know, I guarantee, I mean, we, we've had bank robberies, you know, across, across the, the, uh, in the last year or two. Uh, without deterrent knowing that the state police might be around or could be in there, uh, or what those municipalities like the one I live in are supposed to do, you know, for police, all of a sudden form our own police departments. Well, that you know that is a, an, a quandary because a lot of municipalities don't want to spend the money it would take to establish a police department, and so they rely on state police. But in effect, they get a deal because they don't pay any taxes to support the police except their state taxes. Uh, I, I pay state taxes, and, and part of my money, I think, goes to police protection. Part of, you know, every, every cent I spend, you know, 6% goes to the state system. Uh, our, you know, I'm not sure about our highway fees and everything, uh, you know, go to, uh, you know, uh, but, yeah, we are paying for that, right? But, and, and your local municipalities, how do you get, your local municipalities have, what, the 1% tax, Joe, there in Smoking Dam, like the rest of us have? We pay to our township, they pay to your, your borough? I'm not sure, I've never lived in one. 1% tax? No, we have real estate tax, and we have... Okay. 
you know, we don't we have a, a tax for three mil tax for fire protection, but the police budget comes out of the general fund. Okay. Well, okay. So, uh, uh, yeah, but you also you have more commerce and so forth. You have more, you know, tax. You know. Um, um, you know, well, we have a big business community, big and business. the police department protects them and the citizens. So, right, right, right. Yeah. So, but to say to get rid of the state police—that's crazy. I mean, that's and you wonder why these parties never get any traction, and they don't want to come across as some sort of third option. But when you when you say things like that, and I applaud the gentleman for coming on and sharing his his views, which are. Well, he you didn't. Know, in fairness, he didn't say he wanted to get rid of the state police. He said he wanted to restrict their duties and their authority. I believe that's scale them back. Scale them back somehow, not get rid of them. Okay, so what part of the state police? Uh, what part of what the state police is doing now would you think needs scaled back? I think they do a fine job. They help keep us safe. They are, you know, there. You know, their presence. They, they, you know, what, what are we doing? Uh, you know, zones like some kind of sort of Gestapo tactics or so forth. Yeah, if you're speeding, you get pulled over, but you know, 1115, unless you're doing over 70, you're not gonna get pulled over unless you're driving erratically. Uh, I don't think he has a, a leg to stand on or a platform to stand on. Well, he's a libertarian candidate. Those are the things he stands for. He can probably defend them if he so chooses to call again, or uh, or you can email him. He has a website. It's Anderson109.com. He's using the website that he used for his 109th District State House race. But I think part of it, too, is uh, his whole purpose is to make sure that we have conversations about these things. Do we need all these taxes? Do we need all these police? Do we need all these roads? Do we need to build more roads? Is there another way? You know, it, it just trying to think out the box a little bit and maybe try to get Harrisburg to be a little less brainless, you know, try to get a little more common sense in Harrisburg. If you don't agree with his state police stance or his gun stance or some other stance, then uh, actually I don't think we got into guns. But in any event, if, you know, that that's the reason that he's running is well, to make sure that we're having a conversation. More than that, I mean, he, he concerned me when he said that things like the Susquehanna Valley Thruway, the CSVT, could be built by private enterprise. No one's going to spend that eight hundred and fifty well, million dollars. <laughs> right. Well, we certainly could, and then we'll have like we have in the old days, all these all these toll roads were toll roads. So then you'll have pikes, right? We'll have the old pike system where they have to pay, but then they'll turn the pike, and you can drive through. Oh, that'll work. That that won't restrict interstate commerce or anything. Yeah, you'll be but driving around with your hand out, uh, handing people money, nickels and dimes and quarters and dollars. Dollars. <laughs> oh, they'll probably do the pass through thing with the Easy Pass. Everywhere I well, can remember. Well, we still had that. That wasn't that I didn't realize until like last year. Didn't they? there was still one private toll bridge across the Delaware River in Northeast PA somewhere? Oh, wow. And sixteen did a uh, did a thing like yeah, you actually you actually had to stop and pay. And they had a toll collector there. I don't know what it was, a quarter, 50 cents. Right. But yeah, they got rid of that. Yeah, but yeah, it goes with a private that. bridge. Right. All right, we got yeah. you, Eric. Thank you so much, Thanks, sir. Eric. All right. Okay, guys. Take Food care. for thought. Do we need fewer roads? Do we need to build more roads? Do we need state police? The libertarian uh, candidate that was here earlier talked about that. Or talked about a lot of missed opportunities in uh, Newport News, Virginia, in the school uh, day and the school building when that happened. And uh, uh, Stan says no, but are there any other changes in gun laws that might make us uh, safer? You know, can we not do a comprehensive approach that involves mental health? Maybe a change in gun law? Maybe a 
the change in uh, school procedures. We have plowed that field so thoroughly, nothing's ever All going right, to so grow there. All right, so do not call in about that, it. Joe Sekovic. Five seven zero seven four three. No, nine. I just think we're like a dog chasing his tail. There's no there's right. no ultimate answer. Well, that's what I said the last time. You know, in Washington D.C., they brought up a gun law change, and guess what? It passed. I was shocked. <laughs> so uh, I had to eat my words. Okay, everybody. On the mark is brought to you by the Sunbury Motor Company. It's a family-owned dealership since 1915. 4th Street, Sunbury, and Routes 11 and 15, Homos Wharf. Uh, with that comes the need for many great behind-the-scenes employees, and they're looking for some more awesome technicians to help serve you. They need more people to work for them because the 107-year-old dealership uh, is has, uh, has participated in, as everyone has, the worker shortage. They're looking for entry-level and experienced technicians to work in their quick lane, car and light truck service bays, heavy truck service area, body frame and alignment, towing department, and they're also looking for experienced technicians and entry-level technicians uh, or first jobbers or career changers for the quick lane. If you'd like to apply in person, you can go to Sunbury Motors on North 4th Street in Sunbury, apply online at sunburymotors.com or call Todd at 570-286-7746. As for the wonderful vehicles they have at the Sunbury Motor Company, uh, let's talk about one in particular. How about the Kia Carnival. This is basically a minivan. I don't know if you, we used to talk a lot about the Sedona. It was a, the perfect minivan for so many people. Well, the Carnival is the upgraded version. Not exactly luxury. It has a slightly higher price tag. You can get into the $50,000 range on this, but it starts at 30-something. Mileage-wise, again, you're going to be averaging 20-something, so same as the Sedona was. The Kia Carnival. It is a replacement for the Sedona. And of course, it's got a forward collision warning, rear cross-track warning, automatic emergency braking, lane keeping, lane departure warning, all-wheel drive is one of the things it has. The ride is comfortable, and it's uh, almost uh, luxurious. So it's an opportunity for you to get a real practical via vehicle from the Sunbury Motor Company. It's the Kia Carnival. You can order one up at the Sunbury Motor Company, sunburymotors.com. Welcome back. I am Mark Lawrence, subpar performer if there ever was one. I portray a liberal on the radio here. Lynn Hall is our fabulous producer on the other side of the glass, so we appreciate her taking good care of us. Mr. Joe is here, good conservative, yeah. actual Republican, and uh, lover of all history, except black history. We don't want to bone I up know on a good deal about black history, oh, yeah, as you right. know. And uh, yeah, look it up in the green book. That'll give you the information you want. Uh, let's see. One of our listeners sends us an email. Go ahead, Joe. Well, we discussed this yesterday. We're the st- chuckle this morning. True story. Senator Josh Hawley introduced the Preventing Elected Leaders from Owning Securities and Investments Act, the Pelosi Act. Yeah, Not that, a joke. Yes, we talked about that funny. yesterday. That is very yep. good. Okay, let's see. Uh, what else? We have a man on the telephone who is a teller of the truth. Good morning, Chris. You're on the mark. Yeah, I just wanted to, well, that's not just what I want to do, but I'll start off just doing it. Uh, uh, Anderson is not on the ballot, from what you were saying. He's a write-in. That's correct. That's correct, yes. Okay, you told Eric the opposite there when he asked, I believe. But in any case, uh, there's a lot of gun shootings. There's That six-year-old kid also had a deal with the school, the parents had a deal with the school that they would agree to bring him to school and take him home. So apparently he'd been in trouble on the bus, I would assume that meant. 
Sounds like it. Well. Yeah, yeah sounds yeah. like it. And I imagine the school had already searched his bag once and couldn't find the the gun, and somebody said they thought he had a gun. That That's kind of flimsy grounds to start looking in some way. Now, one of the students actually saw the gun, and he threatened to yeah, beat him up if then he then told... Yeah, but searched after that, though. Right, and then the teacher who searched said that he probably took it out with him at recess and reported that to the administration, and their response was, well, the kid has small pockets. So you'd be able to see it? See it, right. I think that was the implication. So he was probably carrying it inside his shirt or uh, something like that. I don't know, but if you told me a kid had a gun at school, I would stop the world to make sure the ki- the other kids were safe, wouldn't you? Well, yeah, but they already searched them. Not that day. They searched his bag that unbeknownst. Day. You said that happened that same day. Right, but they searched his bag when at recess time, and then the teacher yeah. couldn't find it and then assumed he had taken it outside with him because they had already had two other reports that the kid had a gun. Yeah, well, it's, it's a little fuzzy. I uh, don't know what he was wearing that day. Did he have a sweater on where it could be hidden under? Because I don't know how big a gun the gun particularly was. But it, it's, a, it's a tough position. To, I think the school obviously blew a lot of things, but it is, it is uh, difficult to, when you've already searched his bag once. He he's, has no evidence of clearly having a gun, and then you're supposed to do it a, another time right before school lets out. I can sort of see why they, they fell into the trap there. Well, that's when he shot the point. teacher that's right all. before school let out. That's when he shot her. Mm. Yeah. I mean, it's not. And they had it, warnings all day it, long, and they, they didn't do anything about them. And the teacher... Well, I think they should have done more about the fight thing to start with. That's, that's clear. Right. I agree. Starting to beat up. Yep. But uh, get to the Republicans and jollies, jollies. Uh, he's a guy who was uh, waved a fist to the to the invaders of the Capitol, and was a, probably a supporter of them. And, and uh, so now he's making this joke bill about Pelosi. Josh and uh, I, I I looked into the incident that got all the criticism, and it's hard to see what the criticism was really for. But doesn't the basic idea make sense to you, keeping leg- uh, members of the House and Senate from profiting during with information they gain, no matter what party they're in? And their families. Right. Doesn't that make sense? It, it, makes, it makes sense, but uh, calling it the Pelosi bill, because she was against it, and because uh, she got... Uh, uh, the, they made some spurious accusations about them doing it without any proof seems kind of just more joke politics than gotcha politics than it does serious work. Well, it may be gotcha, but maybe it could lead to some actual ethics, uh, you know, regardless of anything Nancy did or didn't do. Well, if it's from the party that uh, just, uh, what are they, getting rid of the ethics committee? Well, yeah, I'm not saying that uh, (laughs) just Republicans. just like they're uh, doing, they're they're taking Democrats off thing, off uh, committees for no good reason. 
and they're putting on on people who uh, were pro uh, pro uh, okay. Trump supporters invading the Capitol and and giving them plum assignments on committees. Okay. And then trying to get other Democrats off a committee, too. And they put George it, Santos it, because, on. Because she lied. Uh, one, 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 one was off the committee because she lied. And then they appoint uh, good old George, what's his name, or whatever his name is, the guy with five and eight different names, to committees. But not the Intelligence Committee. Not the Intelligence Committee. And they were minor committees he's been appointed to. Right, aerospace yes, is why one of was them. A, why were they removed from the Intelligence Committee? Well, first of all, I think he makes a good point. Eric Sawwell couldn't possibly get a, a, clear, a security clearance in the private sector. And, uh, you know, he couldn't. Yes, he could. No, he couldn't. Yes, he could. That's nonsense. No, that's not nonsense. That's nonsense. <laughs> all right, moving on. The FBI looked into it and fully cleared him. What more do you want? There's still a question of propriety. What propriety? The fact that he had a relationship with a Chinese communist spy. That he didn't know was a Chinese communist spy. So he says. Oh yeah. <laughs> See that's that's. And and how many how many spies were? were how about that guy that uh, Trump uh, uh, was palling around with that uh, got was connected to the FBI agent, who, uh, who was the one bribing the FBI agent. Chris, we got to wrap up. We'll let you ask one that's more good... Uh, Russian, uh, that's more Russian stuff for, for Trump, and that means Trump... So Trump says he didn't know anything about it. All right, okay. we got you, Chris. So you can't let him on anything either? Is that true, Joe? We got to go. We have another caller and a break I to take. I you do. Right. Have, have a, a good, good one. Time. Yeah, thank you so much for calling in. Much appreciated. All right. Stand by, Joseph. We will be right back. Mm-hmm. When car repairs get difficult. Well, I just don't know. Um, me neither. We get good. Sunbury Motors. More than quality new and used cars, Sunbury Motors specializes in complicated auto repair diagnosis. They can handle intricate repairs and even complete auto body with service open Monday through Friday, 7 till 4. And Sunbury Motors has made simple repairs easy. Maintaining your vehicle is necessary. Finding the time to do it is difficult. Welcome to Sunbury Motors Quick Lane. Open 7 till 4, Monday through Friday. Just walk in or call ahead. Relax in their remodeled waiting room with Wi-Fi, beverages, and snacks. Will Sunbury Motors factory train techs take care of your oil change, tire alignments, brakes, and inspections. Quick Lane, 630 to 6, Monday through Friday, Saturday, 6 30 till 2. Sunbury Motors, Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. We take the mm. out of auto repair. What's okay. going to happen? It'll flake off. You don't say that to me. Just say you're wrong. That's you're all a you flake. Okay, Doug says, your caller Chris has a big enough ego without Mark constantly calling him a truth teller. How is it uh, what he says any, how is what he says any more true than Stan or others? It's obvious he gets his news from mainstream media, which is hardly the bastion of truth. I think he, he searches things that we mischaracterize often. I wouldn't say he necessarily did that today. But Doug does the exact same thing. You do the same thing for us. If I say vaccines work, you send us the facts and refute well, Why don't them. you call Doug a truth teller? A drug doesn't 
always tell the truth. <laughs> so. In your opinion, in my opinion, Doug's quite right often, quite often. Well, I think he is right quite often, but not all the time. And neither is Chris right all the time. And I think Chris's truth statements, uh, saying that this is a true statement I and we were wrong. I notice you call liberals truth-tellers, conservatives not so much. <laughs> <laughs> Joseph, you're on the mark, and that's the truth. Yes, good morning, gentlemen. Yeah, I wanted to comment on that young, young man, a young boy that shot that teacher. Uh, here's the problem, I think. We've we got to go to the root source of the thing. And no laws or anything like that can prevent anything like that. It's The problem is their conscience are seared with a hot iron. Now, that's what the Bible says. At and the end there of time, people's conscience will be seared with a hot iron. 37 seconds. What? I said 37 seconds until you got to the Bible. Well, on thanks that, a lot for all the time. It. Anyway... Uh, I watched a, a show here. It was the news. And they said, now, you, you better take your children out of the room. This is pretty gory. It was about the war in Ukraine. And I thought, oh, this is going to be terrible. <laughs> and they showed it, and there were some people laying on the streets. With, they were covered up, dead. Well, my goodness, you can sh- turn on any Western or any any movie and see the guts blown out and the heads blown off of people. Children are watching that, and that seals their conscience. And they have no no problems about shooting somebody. Well, you're right. I've seen plenty of dead bodies covered with towels on uh, major network TV shows, Joseph. You're right. Somebody. Thanks for calling. Yeah, thank you, sir. Thanks for weighing in. Joe, have a great retirement lengthened weekend. I will. See you Monday. Thank you, everybody. Ben Reichley will be back tomorrow, so we have good common sense conservatism tomorrow and a truth teller. This is WKOK Sunbury.